Well, here we are again in the past. This was recorded on like March 7th, the day after South by Southwest was canceled. A lot of this may sound a little dumb and a lot is out of date, like me having surgery, which has been postponed, me talking about a vacation that's since been canceled, us wondering what'll happen to Texas Frightmare, which eventually was postponed. But dang it, it's still pretty amusing, so just sit back and enjoy. And we promise, next time, we are back to actually current content. But once we get through all the what's going on with us bit, we start kvetching about TV commercials that we hate. The Charmin Bears, that blue liquid used to represent bodily fluids, ice cream for childish grown-ups, and that wholesome Americana voice that used to be in all the ads. And then this week in Woo, pop culture paganism. It's weirder than you think. Where spirituality meets Marvel. Uh-huh. And also, y'all need to know that I, your friendly neighborhood Amelia, was a guest on Focus People this week. So be sure to check out Focus People with David Mills, episode 63, for some bonus Amelia content. some sort of interactive art thing or, you know, pictures or writing scenes on the wall or, you know, some sort of empowering gay thing, right? Right. So last night they were supposed to go all out and they were going to have a drag show and they were going to have like some sort of interactive art stuff with like paint and glitter and sparkles and blah, 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 which, you know, is totally up my alley. Oh my God. Yes. And they also had a thing where like bring clothes to be bedazzled. Oh my god. I was excited and I wasn't I was just going to bring like an old t-shirt, but I thought it would be fun, right? Yeah. So we get down there. Boom. That event was canceled because of the coronavirus scare. Oh. There were several other galleries that were closed due to coronavirus and something that like normally floods the whole downtown area. It was like walking through downtown on a Wednesday night. It was you just know, nothing. I wonder how much of it because it's art, which in my mind automatically means there's potentially more gay people involved. Um, I wonder if... I mean, I can't imagine, like, say, you know, being HIV positive right now and having, like, an autoimmune issue. Yeah, it could be part of that. And part of it, too, it could be the memory of the scare from the AIDS crisis, too. 
Oh God, because so many of us are still around. Yeah, and, you know. Oh my God, and we and we just know that it's okay. And I'm literally okay. I realize the people listening can't see us, but we can see each other because we're skyping. And I, I cannot stop touching my nose. And I know you're not supposed to touch your face. <laughs> oh God damn it, yeah. It's allergy season. It's allergy season, and my eyes and my nose are in a constant state of itch. And it's not possible for me to not touch my face. I, it's infuriating. And I, I, I get so mad at myself every time I catch myself doing it. And, you know, there's only, you know, I wash my hands obsessively. But, oh, my God. I, I mean, I'm assuming it's as bad out there as it is around here in, in Texas. But can we talk about the people who are wiping the store shelves clean of all the antibacterial soap and all the hand sanitizer oh, and shit. Oh, God. Yeah, I because know. Because they're all acting like, you know, they're all acting like a blizzard's coming. Or but you know what that just tells me? That just tells me that other people were filthy and disgusting and didn't used to wash their hands and they just started washing their hands. Oh, because I know. Because the rest of us... Well, and I constantly wash my hands anyway because... Well, you were in healthcare for so uh, long. Yes. Too. You know, and also now living here, I never realized how much jocks are pooped until I lived here. <laughs> because before, it was like you let him out and there's an acre of land and he would go like wherever the hell he went. And I never even saw him go for years. Right. But now. Oh my God! That dog poops three, four times a day. So are you are you outside cleaning up? Are yeah, so I'm constantly the with the bags because oh my God! If Mom saw dog poop in the yard, oh my God! It would be the end of the world. It would, and, and it would fill it would fill up the yard pretty quickly. I remember when when I was a kid and we had a basset hound, and our backyard wasn't big, and then we even made it smaller because we put in a deck and a doughboy pool. So we had like one big grassy area in the backyard. And once a week, we had to go out and pick up the giant poops oh, from yeah. this basset hound. And it was crazy. You know, and I'm he, like, damn, this dog poops a lot. But so every time I go outside, I'm picking up dog poop. I mean, granted, it's in a plastic bag, like a poop bag. But even so, yeah, I wash my hands a lot. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I am, I'm like, I, you know, I have, I have Clorox wipes on my desk at work. Nobody touches anything on my desk, but I still wipe it down all the time. I wipe down my keyboard, you know, cause I don't fucking know, you know, it's, it's like, I can only imagine I, you know, I'm going through Kleenex like crazy. Thank God I, I keep some spare boxes there. Because I, you know, I'll, I'll carry a Kleenex around with me in case I need to touch a doorknob or in case, you know, in a situation where I'm not going in or out of a bathroom, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, because you never fucking, or having to put my hand on the rail of the, of the escalator or, or the stairwell. I mean, it's, yeah. It, all of a sudden you, and, and then all those people that everybody who works in a public place where you deal with a public toilet, everyone, everyone knows that there are people who never fucking wash mm -hmm. their hands. And your whole life you've been wanting to scream at them. And now it's like, is it okay to scream at them now? Is it rude? Is it rude to go, bitch, get back in here and wash your hands? Is that rude now? Or is it like a public health menace and so we have to do it? Like if you see something, say something. <laughs> Are we at that point yet? I don't Where they're know. they're basically a terrorist because they didn't wash their hands? You know, but it's weird. But last night, you know, as was Sarah <laughs> and she was like, we ran into some people that she knows 
but I had only yeah. met once at the event the month before, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and we said hi, and I shook their hands, just like normal. And oh my God, Sarah was very upset that I shook somebody's hand. Oh, handshaking. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that's just second nature, you know. I know. We do do need to come up with something new. A lot of people are suggesting we start bowing. (laughs) I, I saw a thing on Facebook today that said we should all greet each other doing jazz hands. (laughs) <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, there is like, always, I'm like, the it. elbow bump. Yeah, but now our elbows, I mean, how clean are my elbows, really? You know, and I don't know. Because no. I'm using my elbows to move, to push door to push the buttons to open doors and things that other people are using their pee-pee hands to push. Oh, that's you know, true. The whole point of yeah. me not touching it is because someone else made it dirty. If I use my elbow to touch it, that means my elbow's dirty now. Oh, so, that's you true. Know, so, yeah, we where does it end? We we're, in, we're we can't be safe, and you know oh oh my God speaking of can't be safe so it's not official yet we haven't officially made the decision but we are just recently I let the listeners know that my family was going to London that I was going to London mm-hmm. and the rest of my family I don't think I talked about where they where else they were going but uh it's like ninety nine percent sure that we're just not going because as soon as Italy started having a problem my dad started freaking out and I've got a friend who's in Paris right now oh um, yeah and she well she for like the last week week and a half I guess she's been in Paris because mainly they're just staying in Paris longer because they were going to go to Rome after Paris and they're like fuck it we're not going to Rome oh yeah that's really not a good idea <laughs> but yeah. Paris every time they go I mean they're they're hardly getting to do a lot of things because, I mean, they're walking around and doing sightseeing, but there's a lot of things you can't go into because things are closing. Things that are normally teeming with tourists, even before, I, you know, I hadn't heard about a single case in France, but places were already being cautious, you know, because just because you haven't heard about one yet doesn't mean that there aren't a thousand people there already mm-hmm. who are sick. And so it's like, as soon as she, I found out from her that Paris is already kind of getting to the point where they're almost on lockdown it's like god two months from now it's only going to be worse i mean i don't see it getting better that quickly oh you know absolutely not and it sucks because you know my dad he really i mean the whole this whole trip is because my dad well for one thing he's my, my entire life every time he spent money he's always joked i'm spending your inheritance but he wants to spend he's old he doesn't know how much time he has left he wants to spend his money, you know, and he wants to he wants to see his family enjoying his money. And basically. I think that's great because, I mean, the three of you are fine. It's not like, you know, so why not? When he was single and in the army, he got to go to Europe a lot. I mean, there was a period when my older sister was like two, three years old where they lived in Germany for a year and traveled all over Europe. I mean, there's an entire photo album of pictures of her as a cute little girl in front of Buckingham Palace on the French Riviera in a restaurant where out the window behind her is the Matterhorn. I mean, it's like she's been everywhere. She remembers none of it. But my dad, you know, he loved Paris. He had so much fun in Paris all those times when he was single and going and, you know, 
the 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 U.S. you know the American GI overseas. Oh know? God, yes. In like in like you know the early fifties or whatever. I mean, my God. So he, you know, he, there's all these places he wanted to show my family and stuff, and a restaurant he remembered really liking is still around, and he wants to go back. You know, things like that. And so now it's like he was the first one to say, "I don't think we should go," and I was just, "Oh, let's not panic." But now I'm kind of like, oh my God, let's panic. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't... and you know, and there's always next year, you know, go next year. Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Phil, and we're the co-host of Florida Men, a true crime comedy podcast. Each week on Florida Men, we bring you stories from the shady side of the Sunshine State, starring America's most prolific criminal, Florida Man. Stories with headlines like Florida Man Arrested While Trying to Hide Legless Fugitive Girlfriend in Plastic Bin. Florida Man Arrested with a Monkey in a Diaper Clutching His Shirt. Florida Man Loses Fingers, Eyebrows, and Hearing in quote, Modified Fireworks, unquote, Mishap. Florida Woman Shoots Her Ex-Husband in the Groin While He Tries to Take Her Air Conditioner. Florida Man Carrying Live Alligator Chases People in a Convenience Store. Florida Woman Arrested at Walmart Then Spoke Crack in the Back of a Police Car. Florida Woman Sent 65 5,000 texts to a Tinder date gone wrong. And Florida Woman Calls 911 on a Possum. You can find Florida Men on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are found. One of the things that's really just just happened, well, as of to, as of this recording, uh, it was just yesterday when they announced that they were canceling uh, the South by Southwest Festival. And that's weeks and weeks of tourism in Austin. Yeah, I saw that on the news here and I was really shocked. And you know, it's like the big businesses in Austin, they'll be fine. But the, the, like the smaller businesses in Austin, this is like their Christmas. That's what you I know? Yeah, I think when we talked about it yesterday, I said I felt bad for like the Airbnb owners. Oh my this God. is like their golden goose of the year, you know? Oh, yeah. And the thing is, they struggle a lot because Austin has become such a big city that Austin has become the kind of place where there's a fucking Walmart on every corner. Uh-huh. We didn't used to have all that. But we went from, I've never heard of it, to, holy shit, there's Home Depots everywhere. Yeah, now. exactly. And it used to be, if you needed lumber or you needed a hammer or whatever, there were these local... Little, like whether it was a, a little bitty chain like McCoy's, like when we when we were working on our kiss costumes, and I needed to find lumber and things to build our platform boots. Instead of walking into like some kind of big box store, which I didn't even know what that was, I walked to like a like a little lumber yard and ask them okay well i need this much wood but the thing is i don't have a bandsaw so would it be too much to ask you it's like i'll buy this much wood could you cut it for me into chunks of this size and then cut off the corners so i can i said i'll i'll file it down but can you oh cut god it? that's right and they were totally willing to do that for me because i'm like i'm just i don't need to buy tools i just need a piece of some and i don't remember did we tell them what it was for oh probably I think I did, I think I did yeah. because that was why I had to explain why they needed to be the size and shape yeah yeah that they needed to be 
because we you know we had like platform old platform shoes from the 70s and we were adding four additional inches but god damn it those shoes lasted for years mine are still around yeah hours and hours and hours of wear oh yeah I, I, i still remember when your boot when the heel fell off your boot and we were running across a parking lot yeah in our kiss costumes at a convention anyway but but the, but, the, but the whole thing is though that all these little mom and pop businesses i mean h- hardware stores aren't really what i'm talking about right now but austin used to be you know the whole keep austin weird thing was about shopping local well now because the festivals and acl festival and shit all those things have become so big. I bet that's not going to happen either, by the way. Because that's only, what, months from mm-hmm. now. And we're, we ain't going to have this shit contained. All these people come to Austin and go, Oh, I love it here. I should move here. So Austin is now a city filled with fucking condo towers mm-hmm. going to the sky that you know as like people paying a million dollars for a two-bedroom apartment. And so the city is now full of all these huge chain things, all these chains from California that have never been here before. All this other shit is here. And all the local business owners are going, yeah, but we were the reason why you came here. And now that you are here, the city is fucking ruined. Oh, yeah. You know? That's the irony of it, you know? Oh, they, it's like all, the, all you fucking people. Do not move here. But South by Southwest not happening is sadly an enormous deal. But I always kind of barricade myself in my house when things like that go on anyway, because I don't want to mix. I don't need to deal with it. I mean, I used to volunteer for South by southwest i used to i know i remember i think i did twice with you oh my god it's like you know i've got quite a little collection of old staff t-shirts for south by southwest and shit like that i love doing that kind of stuff and i remember going to like you know the japanese band night and that was always really really fun and that was back when japanese pop and japanese rock bands that wasn't like a thing Oh, no, it was totally like a niche fandom thing, you know? Yeah. In fact, I think the first time that they had a Japanese night during South by Southwest, I remember going, but why, though? Like, I had no idea that that was a thing that would be worth going to see. And then by the next year, I knew all about it. But I remember that first time going, I don't understand why there would be one. Because it was so nothing. But I remember going, and it was fun, yeah. Oh, that was a long time ago. It was a very long time ago. And now, even, even if I lived there, you couldn't pay me to go to any of the events. No, you know? God, no, no. <laughs> oh, and I, I was on a list to get tickets to go to a thing at the LBJ Library where Hillary Clinton was going to be speaking. They were going to be showing the Hillary Clinton documentary, or at least part of it, and then there was, and she was going to be there to do a talk. And I was on a list to get passes for that. And um, because, you know, when you're a member... I, I recently, in the last couple of years, I've become a member of the LBJ Library, mm-hmm. the Friends of the Library. It's a very, you know, I've lived here a long time. I've never actually gone into the LBJ Library. That is a goddamn shame. Oh, God, <laughs> I have, and it's cool. And the, the top I floor, know, they like have the a real cool museum on the top floor. Oh, I know. I, I It's like, I've heard nothing but great things, and I... I even just going into the areas where they have speakers come in and like the little theater area downstairs, just walking into that area. It's like, what a cool place this is. But, you know, I, I, I have to make a, an effort one day, maybe after all this coronavirus thing. But they had to cancel that. That thing got canceled. Oh. In part because 
the whole reason why it was going to happen was because Hillary was going to be in town anyway mm -hmm. because she was one of the keynote speakers at one of the South by Southwest events. And so she's not coming to town now. So now that's not happening. And it's like, oh my God, it's affecting even little things that no one knew about. Like, oh my God, nobody, you know, unless, unless you get the special emails from the library, you didn't know that was happening. No one knew she was yeah. going to be there. But then on top of that, uh, right now, because we're what, uh, two, just under two months away from uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend. And as of right now, it's still happening. But they are monitoring, and there is a chance that Frightmare won't happen. See, that's weird, but we'll just see what happens. I mean, God, we could all be dead by then. But, I mean, think about it. It's it's taking place <laughs> in an airport hotel, like a hotel that's literally in yeah. the airport. Yeah, in an international in airport. In an international airport. It's yeah. a huge event where... I mean, it is all asses and elbows in there. I mean, it is mm -hmm. it is so crowded. So many people crammed into such a small space. And even though Frightmare isn't as bad as other cons in terms of hygiene, because these are generally, you know, adults with jobs, it's not like a place filled with teenagers like most conventions are. Yeah, it's are. not like an anime con. Yes. <laughs> You know, but there is still, you know, there's that constant, hey, everyone remember to bathe. But even with that, it's a little scary to think about how close you are to strangers. How many mm -hmm. people could be crammed into an elevator? You know, it's going to break my heart if we don't get to meet Mink Stoll. And, but I think part of the determination would be to maybe a lot of the guests are going to cancel. Well, yeah, because a lot of, I mean, honestly, a lot of them you know. aren't young. I mean, Bink Stoll mm -hmm. is not, you know, it's not like she's 40. Mm -hmm. You know, this th this would be potentially her coming into contact with thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. And I'm still... But, you know, here in California, you know, we have the plague ship. Oh, that's right! Yeah, the plague ship is somewhere off the coast, and it's, they're not saying oh. where, because, you know, there's lunatics that would probably try to bomb the ship or oh, something, God. so they're not saying where now, it is. Now, that's the ship. That's the ship that Trump is saying he doesn't want to let the people off the ship and into America, because if they die here, it will count as our numbers. And it'll make us look I bad, see, because he's oh an God, asshole. He's an asshole who thinks everything is a game. Yeah, but I saw you know, but I saw something on the news where there was like some okay, so someone died on it on the oh ship. But then there's Are they like, gonna, like throw them over. I don't remember the numbers, but it's like in the double digits of the crew members that have tested positive oh, for the virus. That's terrifying. And yeah, so that's really, really scary. I'm surprised there's not people talking about how this is biblical. Oh shit. And how it's part of the end times. Oh, you know? You know, you know there has to be somebody saying that. There has to like, be. Well, you know, it is that time of year with the plagues and shit. You know, plagues and pestilence and <laughs> locusts and boils and oh god, yeah. <laughs> That is kind of timing-wise working out pretty well for me. I'm going to be spending, in a couple weeks, um, I will be beginning about a month of not leaving my house. And mm -hmm. it just happens to be well-timed with this whole coronavirus thing. And what that is, is um, I'm going to have a hysterectomy. Now, granted, I have wanted a hysterectomy pretty much my entire adult life. 
Because I ain't using this thing. It's caused me nothing but trouble. I fucking hate my uterus. I hate my uterus. My uterus hates me. And I swear to God, it heard it heard me talking about getting a hysterectomy. And, I, and I'm on the tail end of one of the worst periods I've ever had in my life. Uh, I will confess that um, even though last year was the year of the vagina and I was really, really stressing that women take your medical shit seriously, talk, talk openly and honestly with your doctor, you know, I'm a big proponent of that. But I was saying all that as someone who had not had a pap smear since 2013. So I realized that I was, you know, kind of being a little bit hypocritical, but it wasn't my fault. Because what the thing is that ever since I got out of that abusive friendship, I've really, it's really become very clear to me that I have not been focusing on myself enough. Mm-hmm. And taking care of myself enough. And even though last year, I really thought I was. But I realize that because part of my brain was so obsessively focused on him because of the weird dynamic that we had, even though we weren't speaking, and my obsession with wanting to be friends with him again and everything, that I, I still, even though I thought I was taking care of myself last year, uh, even though I was trying to I really I still I hadn't gone to a doctor in forever the only time I went to a doctor last year was when I had that horrible nosebleed and I ended up having to make an appointment with my doctor to find out yeah oh that crazy event yeah Yeah, I remember that oh god yeah if if you don't if, if the listeners are like what crazy nosebleed yeah go look for an episode what was it called bleeding out my face I think is what that episode was called cause god I was really seriously bleeding out my face so I, so I've been making a lot. I went and had a, you know, a physical and I made an appointment for a colonoscopy. I had my first mole check. I have to get a mammogram scheduled, but right now I am not dealing with that because I went and got a pap smear and, and a pelvic exam. And as soon as, as soon as she put her hands on me, and this is the same one I went to back in 2013, as soon as she put her hands on me, she goes, Wow, there's a fibroid. I've never had a fibroid tumor before. See, that's crazy. And for for people who don't know, a pelvic exam is not just putting a speculum in and scraping for a pap smear. It's also a doctor putting a couple fingers up in you and pushing upwards while pressing down on your stomach and kind of physically feeling around. And like, you know, you push down on your stomach, you're like, I can't imagine what they're feeling for. But they know what they're feeling for. And she immediately was like, oh, wow, there's definitely a fibroid here. And she goes, yeah, it feels like it might be like the size of a baseball. And I'm like, there's something the size of a baseball in there? That's so crazy. And I, and I, I, I told her, I said, you know, I was here in 2013 and we did an ultrasound. I reminded her that the last time I was there, we did an ultrasound. And there was polyps in me, which they biopsied and found out they weren't cancerous. But uh-huh. there was no sign of fibroids back then. So she was like, yeah, we're going to have to ultrasound you again. So the fun part of, you know, I'm basically, I'm naked with a hospital gown on. And then she, she like, lets, she, you know, the nurse, they, they leave me. And then they come back in to let me know 
that the ultrasound room is free. So I've now wrapped a sheet around me like a toga with my hospital gown on. I'm carrying all my shit, all my clothes and everything. Do, 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 in my sake. F- in- and then you're covered in cold gel. Oh, well, yeah, well... <laughs> No, yeah. you don't. You're not covered in cold gel. The cold gel is up is up your snooch, because it's oh. a transvaginal ultrasound, which is a wand with an ultrasound oh. at the end that they shove up in there. Oh God! I was oozing cold gel for the rest of that day, uh, because you know there's a lot of lubricant. I mean, there's a lot of lubricant on the on the speculum. When they have to do the pap smear too, but uh, mm-hmm. they really lube up that wand because it's got a you know, it's it's like oh your, god how awful oh and, and, and you know, the weird thing is when I got it when I had one of those back in 2013 they were kind of in the news a lot because that was one of those things that they wanted to force women who were going in to get abortions to have that so that to force them to see their baby oh god. I, so it's like it, at the time it's like it was something I didn't know anything about and then I'm then I'm getting one of those and I'm think and I'm thinking this is so unbelievably unpleasant and invasive and awful and I'm not even he- you know I'm here for just a regular medical reason I'm not here mm-hmm. for an abortion I'm not having like this oh my god get it out of me thing although oh my god get those polyps out of me certainly and now it's oh my god get this uterus out of me but um, so she so she looked again. I don't have one the size of a baseball. I have three, and altogether they amount to be the size of a baseball. That is crazy. And they're all on the front. And she kept going. Do you need to pee all the time? She goes. How are you not? How are you not knowing that they're in there? And I said, But I'm fifty. Aren't I supposed to pee all the time? It's like I don't. I what's a lot? I don't know what a lot of pee is. You know, so, but now you'll, I guess, once they're gone, you'll notice the difference. Oh my God, I'm going to feel so empty. And so, um, so anyway, so it's like, I knew, oh, she, oh, and she was, it was so cute. She was looking at my ovaries doing the ultrasound and she was like, she was like, oh, look at your ovaries. Oh, you know, my youthful ovaries that are still ovulating like crazy. Cause even though I'm 50, I'm nowhere fucking near menopause. Oh, yeah, and you're like, well, hell no, I don't care, because they ain't getting used. That's right. <laughs> Cut that shit out. And I swear to God, she's the first, because even seven years ago, when I had the polyps, she was willing to do the hysterectomy then, but because the polyps weren't cancerous, she did the uterine ablation thing, which is supposed to basically kill your uterus, but of course, I'm one of those one in a thousand people that still Um, got plenty of periods and i'm like i'm like and she was like really your period came back and i'm like oh i'm on super plus tampons again and i am 50 years old and i am not having it i do not you know this is not fucking fair yes well finally it will be over so there's there's that plus and so i get to and and the nice thing is i get i have all this time to research and plan and my husband and i have bought all this stuff so that we'll be prepared because basically I ain't leaving the house for like a month. I mean, I'm, I'm taking two and a half weeks, including the surgery off of work. And then the following week I'm going to work at home and I'm going to kind of play it by ear based on 
my, you know, energy levels and whatever. Because everyone I've known who's had a hysterectomy says, you're going to be more tired and weaker than you ever thought you would be. Like, you think you think mm-hmm. you can handle it, but you can't. And you think you'll be fine, but you're not. And do yeah. everything they tell you to do. Like, if they tell you, don't lift anything. Like, don't bend down and pick something up. You know, including my six-pound dog. Don't do it. If they tell you not to do it, don't do it. Because you're using abdominal muscles without realizing it. And you don't have them. And even though mine's going to be laparoscopic, I mean, it's not like I'm going to have a big old scar. But even with that, they're still cutting through muscle and shit. And so, oh you, yeah, you know, you're still, I'm still recovering from major surgery. And this it's going to be the first time ever that I've spent a night in the hospital. Oh, it's going to be boring. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just hope I just hope they let me sleep because it, all my experience of you know my mom being in the hospital so much. Hospitals, they don't have day and night. They're 24-hour operations, and if they need to draw blood at 1.30 in the morning, they're going to come in there and do it. They don't care that you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like someone just got on their shift. It's, it doesn't occur to them that other people are sleeping now. But it's just, you know, it's just how it is. So I'm hoping. But we're going to board the dog and so that my husband can stay up oh, there with me. Oh, that's good. So he won't be, like, jumping up on you and stuff. Well, only only for a couple days. Uh, the day okay. of my surgery and the day after, because we don't know, because my husband doesn't want to be, the hospital is way, way, way on the other side of town and he doesn't want to have to be leaving the hospital to come home to let the dog out to pee and then driving all oh, the way back to the yeah, hospital yeah. for two days. And they're going to let me go the next day. I mean, uh, you know, assuming no complications, I'm coming home the next day, but we don't know if that's. 10 in the morning. We don't know if it's five in the afternoon. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it'll be, um, it'll be fun. And I bought this, uh, big body pillow thing, this big C shaped body pillow that is the snuggliest thing I've ever had. And I bought incontinence pads. I bought special panties that are like compression panties that hold your guts in that help with inflammation. It's fun. There's there's so many resources online. <laughs> so that's good. And then when you're recuperating, here's what you're going to do. I want you to commit to 50 hours of Skyrim. Uh, the Bitchin' Boutique. Yes. Um, I think we need to give them a thing, Spike. We can give them a drop that they could plan out their yes, shows. Yes, I think we've uh, got to find some time and get get time to do, do that. I think we should do it right now. I think we should do it right now. Look, I'll show you how easy it is, Spike. <laughs> Watch this. I'm just going to do it live. Okay, do it live. Like that bloke screams. I'm just going to do it live. Watch this. Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptics. I can't do it now. I can't speak. <laughs> Too much pressure. I'll try again. I'll try again. I'll try again. Take 52. Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to the most bitchin' boutique. See? That was easy, wasn't it? Okay. They could send us one, we could play it in ass. There yeah, you yeah. Right, you do it. Yeah. Right, what do you want me to say? Whatever, whatever comes to mind. Hi, this is Spike from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, who ain't no bitch, but you're listening to The Bitchin' Boutique. Oh, that was good. I think I hope they use that. Let's see if they cut it and put it in their next show. Diplomatic community. <laughs> Okay, 
Okay, so, you know, I think... Well, you know how much I hate commercials anyway. And... in general, yeah. Yes, and I get very irrationally irritated with commercials. I'm glad you said irrationally. But... (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you said it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you have no idea how much commercials enrage me. But the goddamn Charmin commercials with the the animated bears. Oh, God. They're stupid and annoying, you know, at best. And they have been all along. I mean, they have not gotten better. They've gotten worse. Oh, yeah. But the new one is so disgusting and so vile, it may as well be child pornography. Is that the one where the little bear is singing about how his butt is clean? Yes. And, uh, it, oh, my God. And they show underwear on the floor at the beginning of the commercial. Do they? Yes. Like animated bear underwear? Yes. There's underwear? underpants on the floor of the bathroom with the parents saying, I'm not going to pick that up. You pick it up. Oh, oh I don't want to pick that up. And then the child comes in and says, I'll pick it up and picks it up and then starts singing and dancing about how the child is going to pick up the underwear and then starts shaking its bare butt. <laughs> saying that it's going to pick up the underwear because the underwear's clean because the hiney is clean. And it's too like a little dance beat. And I think it's so gross it makes me want to throw up. My, when I, yeah, because I I had forgotten about the underwear part, but now I'm remembering it, that that was how it started. Because I haven't seen it in a while. Because I watch so little commercial television. And when I do, it's usually recorded and I'm fast forwarding. So I don't see, thankfully, I don't see a lot of commercials. But that one, I remember when it was first starting, one of the things that really bothered me is why are we pretending that this bear wears underpants at any point? Because <laughs> that's true. All too. three of the bears are <laughs> naked right now. Like they're not wearing clothes now. So is the idea that they are dancing around on our TV screens nude and how come that's okay? There's, I mean, there's so, it's wrong on so many levels. Oh, it's, (laughs) oh, it's just so awful. So awful. And they all, I mean, they've, they've always been bad. But I, I I will say, though, that as awful as they are, there is something interesting about, that I, I will say that I appreciate, that toilet tissue, toilet paper commercials, have finally started to actually talk about what toilet paper is for. Because remember, it used to be some woman holding it up to her face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like like those cordless back massagers that the woman is always holding up to her face and these long phallic uh back, uh, back yes. massages in catalogs you know at least at least they're admitting this is for wiping your ass see but i think we should go back to the decency of 1953 and that things should not be mentioned or acknowledged i think there is a certain amount of if you don't know what toilet paper is for you have other problems yeah but i think everything should be tasteful euphemism but that's just me (laughs) <laughs> we still haven't reached a world yet where like you like the the blue liquid you know what i mean when i talk about blue liquid in commercials usually usually it's being used on feminine hygiene products whether it's a pp incontinence product 
or a period catching product. Oh, yes. We cannot use <laughs> yellow liquid or red liquid to represent what they are. So we go to the other primary color, which is blue, where if you have blue stuff coming out of you, again, you have other problems that you need to be worrying oh, about. Oh, that's right, because I always use that to, to, to illustrate the absorbency. <laughs> the absorbency of the lady products. Oh, and then, oh, here's another one, and I'm sure you've seen it, and I'm sure it upsets you. <laughs> and granted, this is a legitimate issue. It really grates on me to hear it on a commercial, which is, she uses period pads for pee. <laughs> no, I have not seen that, but oh my God. Because period pads are not, they are, yes, they are very absorbent, but they're not absorbent in the same way that a pee pad is. Because a pee pad is made for a thin liquid that's coming out all at once, quickly. A period pad is for something much thicker that's coming out at a very slow pace. Uh, yes. It absorbs in a different way. It's not the same. If you piss yourself with a period pad on, you're still pissing your pants. See, and I know that that commercial would upset me for two. Would upset me for two reasons. One, they say pee. Yes. And two, they me. say period. Well, they're gonna say period no matter what. Everything should be tasteful euphemism to me. Well, you know. Okay. Well, no, I, it's, I, I mean, I'm. I, lo I love a good euphemism. I really, really... I want euphemisms to be entertaining. I do I do enjoy that. <laughs> I mean, I think we should go back to married couples have to have single twin beds on opposite sides of the rooms in movies. But that's just me. <laughs> oh, God. Says the guy who used to have grinder people showing up at his house. I know. <laughs> You'd think that guy wouldn't be a prude. <laughs> but oh my god you know what other commercial though really upsets me okay this commercial used to be shown all the time a couple years ago i had forgotten about it but i saw it again recently and it's one okay. of those i guess they just show it in less circulation now because it's old it's okay. some ice cream i don't remember what ice cream it is but it's some ice cream Oh, God. And it's talking about, you know, the kid wants it, but it's so good the kid can't have it because it sh it's so good it it's should only, only be for, for grown-ups. Yeah. And then there's, you know, the father who's eating out of the the ice cream bowl, and he says in, like, this really smarmy, like, fake little kid accent, I'm a grown-up, as oh he's God, eating out of the bowl. That. And then the wife looks adoringly at him because, oh, isn't it cute that my husband is so quirky that he'll say that? Isn't that special? I hate oh it so God. much, it makes me want to shoot the television. <laughs> I am so glad I haven't seen that. No, it's like, I'm things. a grown-up. Oh. <laughs> Oh. oh, God, that's really, that's really awful. And, that's you know, really and, I, and, the, and I'll say one more and then we'll stop. Because <laughs> we mean, talked about okay. this before and it is funny. Okay. <laughs> I stopped buying Keebler products. <laughs> okay. Because of the, the, like, the wholesome old man voice that narrates the Keebler things. That's supposed oh. to be, like... You know what is evocative of small town America or whatever the hell it is. Oh, the guy who's telling you about the elves who live in the yes, tree and make the cookies. Yes, <laughs> that fake wholesome voice. I hate it so much that I will not buy Keebler products anymore. It is kind of, I think Keebler 
Cameron might be the only thing that's really hanging on to that. Because, although Campbell's soup might still. Because a lot of commercials have gone away from that old, grizzled farmhand voice. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about, right? And is it supposed to be, like, bringing back, and make you think of wholesomeness? I don't understand what it is, but I think it's it's gross. It's very small-town Americana kind of voice. Yeah. And now it's like everything is, you know, I'm surprised, like, Seth Rogen doesn't do all the ads. Because the voices are far more ironic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) But anyway... Oh, God. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but um, you don't really hear the old-timey voice. It's a very, to me, it's a very 70s thing. It's oh, like when definitely. all the TV shows were like the Waltons. Yeah, You know, it's very much a, you know, Pa Walton kind of a voice. <laughs> Whatever Mr. Walton's name was, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, God, I don't remember. But, you know, like I recently, within the last couple of weeks, <laughs> I was channel flipping. I actually watched a couple episodes of The Waltons. <laughs> really oh yes. my god oh my god i have i've never bought it but i have on a couple of occasions come very close to buying the walton's christmas album Ooh, i didn't even know that existed that sounds I exciting know it's, it's terribly exciting but i think it's not i think it's not just music i think it's like christmas stories and wholesomeness oh I have a my lot god of... it sounds fabulous well we've i think <laughs> talked before a little bit about my um my obsession with tv related record albums from like the 70s oh yes i mean i think the last one that i got was um i do well i do have the cast of hogan's heroes singing uh songs from the world war ii era like richard dawson and larry hovis and stuff see that's fabulous Although, although I'm, I'm realizing right now, just because it happens to be within my eyeline, my John Inman album, which only people who know the British sitcom Are You Being Served know who John Inman is. He was Mr. Humphrey, Mr. Humphreys. And God, Humphreys? was he fabulous. Oh my God. He was the best. And this album is too fucking cute. And, and the fabulous Steve met John Inman. Yes, he did. And he actually tried to, like, set up a date with him, but John Inman never responded, damn it. Oh, my God. That would have been the greatest thing ever. I know. They would have been such a a cute couple, but alas. Totally. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like John Inman could do better than Steve. (laughs) I know. I know. Oh, speaking of... Mm-hmm. of, you know, gay British actors that we used to be into. I actually had a dream within the last couple nights about Matthew Waterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> and it was like I was on the set of something and he was filming. Was it Adric aged Matthew Waterhouse or older Matthew It Waterhouse? was him now, but he, had, he still had the Adric hair. Oh, that's unfortunate. And it was really, really, really weird. <laughs> anyway. Oh, bless him. And maybe it's because I've been watching a lot of old Doctor Who lately. Yeah. But I don't know why that Adric would have been in my mind because I haven't watched any episodes with Adric in them. I was going to say, the stuff you've mentioned weren't Adric episodes. No, I've been watching like Tom Baker... Leela stuff and John yeah. Pertwee, Sarah Jane stuff. Oh wow! Way before Adric, so I I, oh, I don't know, yeah. but maybe because Doctor Who is on the mind, I don't know. But I maybe. thought that was interesting. 
<laughs> maybe Matthew, maybe it's because Matthew Waterhouse is thinking about that time he got the fan letter from some kid in California who spent the entire letter talking about how much he loved Tim Curry. <laughs> I know. And you know, when I met him, he because remembered that's what that Pitney letter. Did, he remembered me because of that letter. Because this, this actually happened, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the good old days of Dr. Uh, yeah, and he remembered me because he was like, I'd never gotten a letter that talked, a fan letter that talked about Tim Curry before. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, pretty fabulous. Anyway. Yes. Oh, my God. Breathe deeply, deeply the year of woo. What's going on this week in Woo? What, well, what, am I, what are you prepared? Because I'm very excited about whatever it is you're going to tell me. I'm so, I am very excited. Edge of my seat. Well, I have been thinking of doing something that a lot of people in the pagan community called pop culture paganism. Oh. Which is a concept of, I guess, roughly, I mean, there's there's a whole book on it which i'm not gonna go into right now okay but you know it's basically the concept of say like when i wrote that ritual and i used gods from skyrim do i know those gods aren't real yes do i know that everybody involved in the ritual knows those gods aren't real yes right but they were used as a framework for like a whole thing that was right. thematic right right they were just thematic representations of what you were trying to get across and it just yes yeah. Yes, and there's people that use, you know, that I there's been Lord of the Rings themed rituals and interesting for and at my church at the UU church they had spent one whole school year teaching children the Jedi arts. I was just gonna ask if if, Je if Jedi is one of the because I know that there are people who because the Jedi thing is so closely based on Buddhism and a, a lot of it is yeah that, that there's a lot of people who are very into the Jedi thing yeah and were they teaching that you know Jedi and the Force and everything the dark side and the light as side presented and... in the universe is a real thing no but they were presenting it as a euphemism for for a thing that kids could relate to which right. i well, think is yeah. great and i think it's valid right and i mean really a lot of like i mean even even things like bible stories i remember as a kid that was one of the reasons why when i was an older kid it surprised me to find out that people thought of bible stories as being real because when i was a kid the kind of like children's bible you would get it would be just like Aesop's fables. It's like, you know, the little stories in a children's Bible, which are all that Old Testament kind of, you know, Samson and Delilah and, you know, all those kind of Isaac and Abraham. Is mm -hmm. it Isaac and Abraham? Anyway, but to me, they just read like Aesop's fables, but instead of animals, they were people. But they were just, well, this story is teaching me this lesson and this story. So uh, to me, a lot of that kind of stuff is... It's just to get you in the frame of mind to to understand a concept. Yeah, all of that stuff is yes. about 
this thing represents this thing and this story is explaining what this means. Yeah, and I think it's really, really cool. And that's something I've always, you know, been into. Sure. And, you know, so like whenever I have used Aphrodite in a ritual, I always picture the Aphrodite from Xena. (laughs) Oh, fuck yes. Just because I do. And if anyone out there is listening... If anyone out there is listening and does didn't watch Xena and doesn't know what we mean, pause and Google Xena Aphrodite because as soon as you see her, you will know. You will know why she's the ultimate Aphrodite and we love her. Yes, and the first time we're ever we ever see her, she's surfing on clamshells. Right. Like she's Or is like, she water skiing on clamshells? I think it was like a jet ski. I think it was almost like a jet ski. Yes. <laughs> And in she lingerie. basically just runs around in, in in diaphanous pink lingerie and she has big blonde hair and she is magnificent. Yeah. She's like the Barbie version of Aphrodite and she's wonderful. Yeah, so that's like, you know, the whole concept of, you know, pop culture paganism. You can use these things as euphemism and it kind of goes in with like the whole like pagan thing of like God or God is known by many names, you know. Sure. Whatever, Whatever works you for do. you. Right. But there's a fine line between that and completely nutty fandom. Right. I could I could see that if you take fandom too far, it could stray. Oh, yeah. And I have read stuff on, like, Skyrim fan boards uh-huh. that people that are, like, really into Talos... And really into some of the different gods from Skyrim. So in the Skyrim universe, without getting into it more than 10 seconds, Talos was an emperor who was so feared that he became a god. Okay. Because he was seen like this Jesus figure that sacrificed himself and blah, 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 blah. And there's people that like are fighting over this like it's a real thing. While Talos isn't really a god and it's blasphemous when they say by the nine, because there's only eight gods and Talos is the nine, so it's blasphemous for when they say in the video game, by the nine. And oh, there's because... people that really get worked up about it. Oh god, I can I can I can imagine it's right there along the lines of back in the old Usenet days when before the Lord of the Rings movies came out, the the level of vitriol over people arguing whether or not a Balrog has wings. Oh yeah. Because they think it's, yeah, because they think it's real. So that being said. (laughs) Okay. Oh my God. Where is this going? There was a person that I knew associated with the order that I belong to, right? Uh Uh-huh. And while this person was a student, there had to be a meeting called and a discussion made because there was concern over her mental stability. (gasps) Oh. The thing is, my order is a teaching order. The idea that you're going to go on and teach. And if you're really mentally unstable or have certain issues, you don't get initiated because you shouldn't be teaching, right? I see that. So there was a question of this particular person (laughs) because she was very, very into Loki. Loki, the... Loki, the the Norse god, Loki, right? Right. And there was concerns anyway about if this person's main god that they're into is Loki. That's a little weird. Boom, that's a little weird, and that's a little scary, and a little... You know what I mean? It's just a little weird. Yeah. 
I could see that. But what made it weirder, it wasn't Loki from mythology. It was <gasps> Loki from the Marvel Universe. Oh, no! <laughs> which is... Fine, using like a pop culture reference is sort of like a like a jump off or something that you want to have fun with. Like maybe if that if she didn't know who Loki was until she watched yeah. the Avengers and then yeah. and now she's like, oh, so I read up on Loki and now I'm interested. It wasn't that. No, but she said she had an energetic connection to Loki. And sometimes it scared her because of his dark side and because it was so, you know, he's really not a good person. No, he's a psychopath. And it kind of scared her, but she had such a deep connection that she couldn't help but being drawn to this god. And she was convinced that she was going to try to make Loki good. And she was going to make the world see the good parts of Loki and was going to change Loki because they had such a deep psychic connection. But it was not <laughs> Loki of mythology. It was Loki to the point where the she MCU. had pictures of the actor on her altar. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. And that oh is serious not to say anything against anybody, you know, but oh, that's some, like, serious wackadoodle bullshit right there. That is hardcore nutball shit. That is, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. And it's, it's like, my favorite thing about it is it's not just that this is the god she's most associating with, but that she, it's, she's got the savior complex, which I relate to, which I totally relate to. Like where you meet a damaged person and, and you have such a strong connection with them and you think you're, you think that somehow your relationship is going to heal them. Uh, but she thinks this about a fictional character from the Marvel Universe. Yeah, that's, and then somehow her connection with him was maybe tying her in to the energy of the real Loki, maybe? Even though the relationship of that character to the, to the real Norse mythology Loki is tenuous at best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It was very, very, very bizarre. And so there there oh. are instances where, like, you know, like, you know, pop culture paganism can go bad. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Just the thought of having pictures of Hiddles in his Loki garb, which I'll admit, hot as fuck. Oh, yeah. But having that on your altar as if that's the real thing, that's amazing. Although I have to say, I did have just for a second my mind flashed to, did you ever see, did you ever, there's sometimes things go around online where somebody will have a, they put up a framed picture of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, but like the longer haired Obi-Wan of, say, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, and, yes. And as, someone's yes. grandma thinks that that's a picture of Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just for a second, my brain went, there it's like a photograph of jesus where do you think they got that but oh god oh wow that is woo as fuck that is woo af and i will say this person that we were talking about is somebody that i actually genuinely liked that i was very friendly with oh i'm sure she's fabulous but yeah but you know she's right up there with this other person that w was not allowed to take sibling classes the woman that we we've mentioned before and i just got to throw this out there because it reminded me and it's always worth a good laugh the woman with the psychic connection to the wolf pelt booth <laughs> 
to it. I think it would speak to her pelt. Yes, anyway. <laughs> Just remind me of that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone Everyone loves loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bitch, get back in here and wash your hands.